I really just loved those lyrics. I really did. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. They were really good. I almost cried there. Um, <laughs> thank you for your testimony song, Beth, wherever you are. Thank you. I always love it when Beth gives her songs, and it's really great because I don't get to hear them very often. I'm always begging her to give them. And The Blessing, so good. I don't know if you guys have heard that song before, but I went through a season of my life where I just... Um, on the mornings, on the way to work, because I didn't feel like I had enough time to talk to the Lord, I just would really sing that song out, and God was giving me a revelation on what amen meant. And it simply just means I agree, and I accept it by faith, and I accept what you're saying. And, and he is for me. He's for me. He's not against me. And, and I would say amen with purpose. I wouldn't just say amen because that's what we say after a prayer. I would say amen because the Lord was teaching me what amen meant. Anyway, so... I want to teach you another word the Lord's been teaching me what means, and it's communion. And if you don't have any clue what that's got to do with die to selfie, hopefully I can reroute your understanding and, and you can work that out. If, if not, then I probably haven't done my job well, but praise the Lord, he's good and he'll help me. Um, so this word communion in the Greek is actually a word called koinonia. And, and so I want to completely reroute your understanding of what communion is, and it's not just something we do on Sunday where we take the elements and we... Um, and we remember the sacrifice. Obviously, that's a part of it, but it's more than that. This word koinonia, I've got all the different definitions of what it means, and it's used in multiple different sections of Scripture that don't just mean communion. Um, koinonia means fellowship. It means association. It means uh, community. It means communion. It means joint participation. It means partnership, participation, benefaction, communicate or communication, contribution or distribution, intimacy or intercourse. So that's a spiritual, it's a spiritual level here. And I don't know if some of us aren't quite on the level to, uh, to take that last one, but, it's, uh, but there's a really beautiful spiritual thing there if, if you're willing to go for it. Um, so I want to talk about... Yeah, so this word communion, in, in the English, if you, if you break down the word, it's you're coming into union. You're... So we're coming into union, and obviously what we're doing is remembering the sacrifice. So what that sacrifice paid for is your right standing before God right now. And what he's done through the blood and the body is he's completely brought us back to what we were in right relationship before Adam ate the tree. He's completely rerouted that, and I'll go through some scriptures with you in a second. And so what we're doing when we, when we receive that, we're actually coming into union with the finished work of Christ. So we're wearing that robe of righteousness and we're taking that on. Um, yeah, cool. So let's start with 1 John. That's, a, that's totally not where we're supposed to be starting, sorry. <laughs> 2 Peter 2.24. That's not working, is it? No. Can I borrow a Bible? This is, thank you. I, no, it's, it's all good. Um, 2 Peter 2.24. This is one you've probably all heard before. If you can get out faster than me, that would be really awesome because I'm tight schedule. It's a race. I've got everything else out. I've got all the other scriptures, just not 2 Peter. Unfortunately, it's the first one. Do you mean 1 Peter? Um, are you sure? Second Peter 2 Peter 2.24? Then I mean First Peter 2.24. Thank you. Yeah, I was just testing you. Thank you. First Peter 
SPR to 24. Oh, you already found it for me, sorry. No, I'm confused. First Peter, second letter, first Peter, so it's not a good start. 2, 24. This is like, is this like multiple translations? This is really. Okay, here we go. Um, it's talking about the, the sacrifice of Christ and what, what he did on that, on that day. Um, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So past tense, we're healed. Um, so something that Lord was talking about just last night about acting as if you are healed because what the body says is that you're healed. So when we say amen, we're agreeing to that and we're accepting the identity of a healed man. So we're not trying to become a healed man. We're accepting the identity of a healed man and we're allowing that to manifest. So we're, we're, we're accepting a new identity. Um, so something the Lord showed me um, just this week, and you know, I really believe it was just him helping me to understand this better so I can explain it to you, is that if you think of yourself like a garden, and we talked about this a bit in last ACQ, if you're a garden and sin is like this all-consuming fire, not in the good way, that just is destroying everything in its path and it's spreading and we keep on going after sin and we don't realise that it's destroying our soul and it's leaving destruction and just blackness and, and soot and all that stuff that comes through a forest fire. And what the blood has done is it's completely separated the fire off of the garden, off of your garden. It's taken it away. It's, it's separated. It's thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. It's done. What the body's done is it's completely regenerated all that destruction that it's left in its wake. It's brought the forest back to uh, fullness. What that means for you is that you're completely right now back in his presence. You're as close as you'll ever be right now. You're in communion with him. So when we take communion, what we're actually doing is that we're accepting that we're in communion with God. So we're, we're accepting that we're one with him. We're accepting that we're as close to him as we can ever get. So we're not trying to get to God. We're not trying to get closer to God. We're accepting that we already are. And so, yeah. So to, yeah, anyway. Bah. We, so we're one with him right now. So koinonia, communion, what that means is so to come into fellowship with that. So we're accepting that we are one with him because of what Jesus did, not because of anything we've done. Um, so another, another aspect of it is, we're taking food and drink. So we've got the, the body and, and the blood. And what you're... So sometimes we say something like, well, that's a bit of a tough one to swallow. That's a bit hard to digest. We're talking about in the facet of a truth, a spiritual truth. So that truth might be hard to digest. It might be hard to swallow. So what we're doing when we take communion is we're digesting the truth. We're digesting the finished work of Christ. We're digesting our true identity in Christ. So we're actually receiving it, we're accepting it, because that's what happens when you digest the truth, when someone says something. You follow me? Yeah, so we're digesting it. We're, so what, what the elements are, they're a contact point of faith to get you to look at the body and the blood to receive them, to accept them, to accept the identity of what it's done. Um, so not only that, but... 
It's communion's not just like a thing that we do on Sunday. You can do communion by yourself. You can do communion because you got to remember that communion is koinonia. It means fellowship. It means it means oneness with God. It means interaction. It means connection, interaction of the Spirit. So you're you can enter in in, in prayer and you can take on that oneness with God in prayer. So you can actually do communion outside of in a group setting. It's great to do it in a group setting because there's accountability, there's, um, we're, helping, we're encouraging each other and we're coming into fellowship with each other because we're coming into fellowship with God. If you think about this, if we're all coming into fellowship with God and we're all in there, in this bubble, we're all in fellowship with each other, right? That makes sense? Um, yeah, so... Like, you know, I've heard people say that, like, you can, you don't even need to use, I mean, we don't, we use grape juice, we don't use wine. Like, you, you don't, you could just use water, you could just use corn thins, I've done it a few times. You can use, you don't really, this will sound wrong, but you don't need elements. The elements are good because they're a contact point of faith. I'm just trying to get this, the, the religious concept, the traditional, out of the way. It's all about relationship with God. It's about encouraging faith. It's, a, it, it's to point you in the right direction. So it's good to have the elements, don't get me wrong, but you don't have to have to have them. You can't just say, I'm not going to do communion because I don't have access to this. Because communion is just accepting that identity. It's coming into union with the finished work. Are we on page? Cool. So um, let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. 16 and 17. So here's, here's the word koinonia is used twice here. It's communion in this one. So it says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion, the koinonia of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion, the koinonia of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, if we all partake of, of that one bread. So it's just saying what I was reiterating before is that when we, we're entering into communion through the body, through the blood of what Jesus did, what he accomplished. So, I don't, I'd, I'd be reiterating, and for time's sake, I'm not going to. Um, 2 Corinthians 6, 14. I'll just be quick, because I'm going for time. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion, koinonia, same word, has light with darkness. So as you enter into communion with God, as you enter into oneness with him through the sacrifice, what you're actually doing is you're stepping into the light. I don't, I think it was your song. I'm not remember, I don't remember whose song. It might have been your song, your song. I can't remember where you talked about stepping into the light. As we step into the light, what we don't realize is we're actually stepping out of darkness. So we're not trying to step out of darkness, we're stepping into the light, and as a result, the darkness is getting separated from us. Are we on the same page? Because light casts out darkness. Um, uh, how am I doing for time, Colin? Where are you? Oh, cool. Um, I'm going to skip that. So now we're going to go to First John. Here we go. This is going to get good now. And I'm going to go right back to the top. First John, um, this is really cool. So, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. So, this is John referring to Jesus. He's talking about the Word made flesh. 
which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, that's Jesus, the life was manifested, that means revealed, so it's been revealed to us, the Father's been revealed to us through the life of Jesus. And we have seen and we bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was, that's Jesus, which was with the Father and was revealed to us, manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, so I'm declaring it to you now, that you also may have fellowship, that word is koinonia again, fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship, koinonia, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So as we accept this information that he's about to share, this good news that we're about to accept, as we accept it, we're entering into fellowship with the disciples and anyone else who's entering into this same fellowship. Does that make sense? So you're digesting the truth and you're entering into the light, you're entering into um, the truth, you're entering into him, and as a result, we're one, because we're one in the light, we're one in Christ. Okay, so now we're going to keep going with 1 John 4. He says something really important here. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So what he just said, his intention here is that your joy be full. So if my joy is not full, I might not be understanding what he's talking about here. So I want to understand what he's saying here because if I get what he's talking about, there's going to be joy. So that's why I'm going to take some time in here and I'm going to accept it and receive it. So here we go. He's, got, he's going to talk about fellowship with one another. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship, koinonia, with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have koinonia, fellowship, with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from, um, cleanses us from all sin. That's not, a freaky, that's not a freaky scripture. That's totally cool because what that reveals to us is that if we're entering into this time of communion with God, if we're receiving that identity that he paid for, then we're going to have fellowship with one another. So it's not about, oh, I better have fellowship with one another so that I can prove that I'm in the light. No, you just enter into the light. You enter into him. You accept that identity and you're going to walk with, you're going to see everyone the same. Are we on the same page? Cool. Um, point change. I'm going to quickly go, I think this is my last scripture, Connor, so... Um, yep, cool. So we're going to go to... Uh, I, don't, I don't even know where this is. I, I don't know why I didn't write down what the actual scripture was. It's just got verses here. Oh, well. I'm going to start reading. It's from the, it's from the Bible. Okay. <laughs> this is, um, anyway, I don't, know who's, I don't know who's talking. I'll find out in a second. Now then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For as you eat, each of you goes ahead. I believe this is Paul. I might be wrong. It might be 2 Corinthians, I think. Each of you goes ahead without sharing his meal, while one remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have your own homes in which to eat or drink? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What can I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? No, I will not. For I received from the Lord that I, also, that I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he gave him thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, now, I want to give you a little, really quick bit of context here because I don't want this to freak you out if, if you don't understand where this is coming from. He's talking to a bunch of people that um, some of them are getting drunk on the, on the, on the wine, some of them are getting, they're, they're eating, they're, they're pigging out on the food. They're not remembering the sacrifice. They're not taking, like I said before, the elements aren't what's important. The food and drink is not what's important. Us eating is not what's important. It's the remembering. It's the remembering what it's paid for with me. Okay? Food and drink's not important. So these people are just coming, they're eating their fill while some people are going hungry, they're getting drunk on the wine. It's, it's disgusting. Okay? So he's not talking to you, okay? So, all right. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Each one must examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. Now, if we judged ourselves properly, we would not come under judgment. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. Ooh, that sounds good. So even when we're doing the wrong thing, the Lord's judgment comes to chastise us. It comes to reposition our heart. So even, even when we're doing the wrong thing, God's awesome. Judge ourselves properly, we would not come under judgment. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned by the world. So my brothers, when you come together to eat, Wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home. Why? Because you've got to be hungry. I just want to eat the food. Okay? It's not about the food. Okay? So if you're hungry and you're just thinking, I just want food, you're probably going to miss it. Okay? You should eat at home so that when you come together, it will not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give instructions about the remaining matters. So it's about remembering. It's about accepting that identity. It's about entering into the truth, the light about who you are. And I believe I've probably gone a little over time, but awesome. Did anyone get anything out of that? Praise the Lord. Awesome.